0: This is
1: Fans on the Run, a podcast made by, for, and about Beatles folks. And now, here's your host, Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to Fans on the Run, your sixth favorite Beatles podcast. We're moving up in the world. I think I've said previously, like, your seventh favorite Beatles podcast. But, you know, we're past episode 50 now. We're established, somewhat, even though I still get referred to as the new kid on the block. Which I, I kind of am. Not I'll... really, though. There, there, there are, every, every day and every way,
0: there are newer and brighter, well, I won't say brighter, brighter, different Beatles podcasts.
1: Wow, you know how to make a host feel good. <laughs> but anyways, you have already heard from our guest today, and I haven't even finished the introduction. This is good. Wait, why did I say good like that? That's, that's weird. Anyways. I think you've been listening too much Rocky and Bullwinkle. I think that's that's one thing that could possibly do it for that's, me. that that sounds a little bit like Natasha and Boris. That does. Again, we're we're less than 30 seconds in and we're already getting like really deep insights. But I digress. Uh we uh, we have a great guest for you today. Uh, He's a fellow podcaster with one of the most popular Beatles podcasts around, called When They Was Fab, Electric Arguments About the Beatles, which he co-hosts with Lonnie Pena, which, through the process of deduction, means there's only one person I could be talking about. Ed Chen, welcome to Fans on the Run. Well, you
0: could conceivably be talking about Dave Purcells, who did co-host for the first
1: year of the show when it was going under a different name. Yeah, but I'm not. Oh, well, yeah, I see so I didn't, one... I didn't think too deep when I wrote the introduction. I thought, yeah, that's clever. I like that. Cl- close enough. Well,
0: I'm, I'm I'm here I'm talking so ha ha ha
1: <laughs> What the hell was that? I don't know. It an exaggerated laugh. Well, so how how are you doing this fine night evening? I don't know what it is anymore. I've lost all sense of time. Well, well seeing, seeing as how you're going to call me a wimp because you're
0: in Canada, we've, uh, we've just hit, oh, about uh, 45 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, and it's damn cold outside.
1: Uh, see, I, I can't call you a wimp because I don't know what 45 degrees Fahrenheit is off the top of my head. Like, 45 to me sounds like, oh, wow, it's boiling. But it's like no uh, Celsius. Let's see, 40, uh, yeah, thir- well, thirty-two degrees Fahrenheit is w-
0: at the point at which water freezes. So yeah,
1: okay, so that's
0: that's like that's your zero. Yes. So you know we're talking about maybe maybe ten degrees uh, C.
1: Ten degrees? What? Okay, you are a wimp.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, mind uh, you, you the, know what? This is what Google is for. Okay, seven degrees. Okay, yeah, that's, well, there you go. Oh. Uh, uh, You know, it it's like minus ten here, minus ten Celsius, like twenty something degrees Fahrenheit. Well, as as I'm fond
0: of reminding myself, uh, a couple years back when I went to Winnipeg, it was early September and it was the first snowfall of the year, and it's like, well, but that that's not Canada though; that's just Winnipeg. (laughs) It was. uh, it, it, the difference from when I left to when I landed was probably about 50, 55 degrees Fahrenheit.
1: Yeah. Well, like the national nickname for Winnipeg is Winterpeg. Okay. Because it's, everyone there is miserable and cold. But it's so pretty. <laughs> is it though? Yeah, it apologize. Is. Actually, you know what? Fuck you. I don't have any listeners in Manitoba, according to Podbean. So I'm going to oh, okay. I'm going to trash well, man the ball I want. Well, we we can, we can talk about the Jets, you know. Yeah. They're, they're a good ho- they're a pretty good hockey team. Yeah. Although ho- talking about hockey as someone who lives just like an hour outside of Toronto just makes me depressed. Oh, okay. You know, it, it it's bad enough when I have to kind of mentally adopt the Montreal Canadiens as my team because just the, the Leafs, my God! The Leafs see, are what, probably...
0: else, what, what else do I know about Canada? Uh, Brush. Well, I know that Paul Schaefer comes from Thunder Bay. Oh, really? Thunder <laughs> you, you Bay. You know, who Paul Schaefer is the yeah, Dave uh, David, Letterman. David Letterman's band leader, yeah. and uh, and he used to be the Saturday Night Live, the original Saturday Night Live band leader. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that was that was Dave's introduction. Uh, Periodically, you know, all the way from
1: Thunder Bay. <laughs> oh wow, I didn't know anyone important actually came from Thunder Bay. That that is very very north. Well, yeah, that's, north that's North like Ontario. Kind of weird, yeah. Like a, a total of like six people live in the top three territories. Yeah, isn't it like ninety percent of the population lives in like
0: four or five uh urban areas and then then everywhere else is just sort of
1: random people trudging through snow i i, I wouldn't quite say that but like if you look at a map of the population it, it is kind of surprisingly close to the u.s border with you know dots throughout like a bit higher up Fair enough. Except for Ontario. Yeah, you know, Ontario's you, 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 is the center of the universe. <laughs> uh yeah, no. And there we good. go. I just lost all my listeners from Quebec. We don't speak French here,
0: so I just got rid of the rest of them for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Mon français uh, n'est pas très bien. <laughs> read read Paul Schaefer's bio uh bio uh, uh I I'll, I'll be here for the rest of my life. I'll I'll give that book a plug. And and to turn this around to the topic that we are actually supposedly talking about uh You, you are a podcast host, aren't you? <laughs> way way back way back in the 80s uh Paul Schaefer and the Letterman band did a a video for for the one of Letterman's late night specials uh, called uh, dress cool which is really fun you you should go and look it out uh go and look for it it's available on youtube and they dress up in the collarless jackets
1: well like half of uh schaefer's band are the uh fab foe if i well no well, will lee's the only one who's actually in the fab foe okay well uh, it was close enough i, I knew there was like some Letterman people, some people from Conan O'Brien's band. Exactly. Yeah, it's it, it's a
0: weird conglomeration of people who have worked on television talk shows in the United States. Yeah, I well, think they need to they need to recruit somebody
1: from the roots now. Yeah. Well, uh, Questlove. They could get him.
0: Yeah, Questlove does the uh, Questlove. Is, surpri- is much more of a Beatles fan than you might think, surprisingly. I mean, really? Yeah, no, he is. Uh, I, I saw him, there's like an, a whole interview with Questlove from uh, the, the 50th anniversary where he talks for a good five to ten minutes about I Want to Hold Your Hand. Really? Yeah.
1: About just I Want to Hold Your Hand? About just I Want to Hold Your Hand fuck i host a beatles podcast and i don't think i could spend five minutes on i want to hold your hand
0: well i mean it's not you know it's it's the whole story the song the impact you know there's there's a whole book out there about i want to hold your hand so yeah written by written by the one and only alan cozen plug number two
1: who you have. why am I plugging all these people who have nothing to do with me nothing to do with my So show? so far we haven't talked about the Beatles but we've talked at, at length about Paul Schaefer Indeed indeed but so you know what? I I'll I'll kind of steer things in the right direction and ask the the uh, jumping off point question Ed how did you first discover the Beatles
0: Well let's see here uh well we, we got a couple of stories uh both of which i just told on to, to plug somebody else's podcast uh uh martin uh, Corbell's uh pods wow. like us which you're going you're appearing
1: on in the second season i am i i was honored enough to not be in the first season i guess so-
0: so 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 I I won't go into detail, but I will mention a couple of uh, instances. Uh, You're saving all the,
1: the juicy bits for pods like us.
0: Well, I've, I've, i I've already did it, and it's already out there. So you know, we're huh? plugging plugging yet another podcast that is not my podcast, that is not your podcast, although I do appear on it.
1: Anyway, you know, while we're at it, shout out to Talk More Talk, <laughs> Tom Hunyadi. Yeah. Who, 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 Insert, we're not listening. insert who joke not, we're about. We're doing this instead of listening to them live, by the way. Yeah, it, it's funny we say that like it's a joke, but it's, it's kind of true. <laughs> L- lo- love you guys. Anyways, what okay. is, what's
0: so, the what so story get, get, get you will back, be willing to, to tell to, us? To get back to my story, so, so as a youngster, uh, my cousin, uh, who sort of, who who sort of lived with us and sort of didn't live with us, but that's that's a long story. Uh, he had a copy of uh, Beatles Forever, which okay. I used to love flipping through. The Nicholas except, Schaffner oh, book. The Nicola, the Nick Shaffner book. He had the hardback. I he still does, as far as I know. But anyway, I, I as a little kid, I used to love flipping through it. But there was one page which like scared the hell out of me it was this the picture of the butcher cover it's like oh wow <laughs> in, oh, that would be terrifying and, and, and you know i it, you know it's like it's like oh wow you know here's these guys they're they're having fun they're they're playing music they're smiling and then there's this demented picture of them you know right in the middle of this thing and it's like at the, at at that young an age it's like do I really want to go down this road? Well, eventually I did.
1: Well, it, it's not even just like the the butchered coats and the the baby doll and the raw meat. It's they George comes to mind. He looks just like he he looks like a serial killer on oh, the front absolutely. cover. Absolutely, just, you know, it's like no expression in the eyes and just this big grin. Uh,
0: but so that. That that is that is some amongst my earliest memories of uh, being introduced to the Beatles, and then right around that same time, there was um, when the Bee Gees film came out. Oh yes, uh, uh, Sergeant Cap- Pepper. The, the, the Sergeant Pepper film, Capital reissued. Uh, hey, you Pep- forgot about Peter Frampton. Um, and Peter Frampton, Capital reissued Pepper, and on the sleeve on the outside they put this hype sticker that said you know the original and i re- all i remember was like uh, when i was going shopping with my mom uh this was back when records used to be in grocery stores and department stores and everywhere <laughs> else you might you know I, I i would just sort of go off and go flipping through the records that sticker just attracted me for some reason i think you know it's like i knew the picture because i'd seen it in the Shafter book but it's like Ooh,
1: pretty! Ooh, the original. It' funny you should actually bring that up. That that's one that's actually been on my want list for quite some time. The hype sticker. Well, the a copy of the album like in the shrink with that hype sticker.
0: Ah, yeah. So, anyway, that that. That was number two, and I guess I guess number three, which is exclusive to you, I didn't mention it on. Actually, I, like us. Uh,
1: before I lose my train of thought here, do you want to hear something incredibly frustrating? Sure. I have a sealed copy of Pepper from 1978. Doesn't have that sticker, but it, I'm also Canadian. So something else that happened in 1978 in terms of Sergeant Pepper, was it was released here on marbled vinyl. And I have no way of knowing if that copy is a marbled vinyl copy or not, and so it just kind of kills me every time I look at it.
0: They didn't. So, they didn't actually print anything on.
1: I mean, either side. That that's weird. They, I, I think some copies had a hype sticker, but it was just in a normal normal jacket. I think.
0: That that is that is truly odd. That, that's kind of like the uh, original. Um, the original pressings of Pepper from Capitol, some of them were made from a weird vinyl, and it uh, slightly glows under UV light. Really? True fact. Look it up. True well, fact. It wasn't just Pepper. It wasn't just Pepper. I mean, you know, they, there are a whole range of albums, Capitol, pressed from 67 You don't 50. need to tell
1: people to go look it up. This is the podcast of unsubstantiated claims. But Sometimes it, I just claim things like, hey, guess what? I invented the pencil. You can't disprove that. All there's, right. There's well, no way of knowing.
0: Well, well I, was, I was just explaining to someone yeah. who, who was asking whether they should uh, contribute to Wikipedia or not, uh, that, that they should and that Wikipedia has been proven to be as uh accurate as the uh, online britannica anyway that's yeah not neither here nor there i mean, we're, we're going off in weird directions but there's fans on the want, run the podcast that goes off in weird directions if people want to hear you and i talking Beatles, they have several hours of uh when they was fab there i pu- i i plug my own show finally uh only took that, you 15 minutes <laughs> That you have guest hosted on, uh, both with you and, and with uh, our good friend uh, Queen of All
1: Beatles media Kiddo Tool. Now explain to the explain to the kids at home who Kiddo Tool is.
0: Well, okay, let's let me let me finish my story, then I will explain yes. what Kiddo Tool is. Uh, so the, the other one was a Dynamite magazine. I don't know if you know what that is. Dynamite uh, magazine. Dynamite magazine. It was Kind of, sort of a rip, off, an educational ripoff of Mad Magazine. Okay, uh, when when I was in elementary school, you know, every month you would uh, pick, they would, they, it would go out, and you would pick oh, three, four, five books off of this list, and if you read them all, uh, then you would get a free copy of this magazine
1: published by scholastic books okay and it's you know school friendly mad magazine school friendly mad magazine okay you know pop it pop more sort of pop culture oriented anyway now you don't have to explain to me what mad magazine is i i I was a proud subscriber so uh
0: so again right around that same time the the there was an issue which was uh uh the beatles or the bgs who 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 was the better band and they had these caricatures of both bands on the cover and it's like that also that that may have been the first time that it's like yeah okay i, I can get over that butcher cover thing <laughs>
1: these guys are cool uh so with with the magazine research uh were you able to come to a conclusion conclusion about which which was the better band the Beatles or the Bee Gees uh
0: well I was now the the Scholastic Magazine folks were uh a bit more circumspect about that answer you know these days it would be kind of like throwing the Beatles and BTS up there on the cover of something and it's like here kids
1: which one do you like (laughs) oh god that that would be if that was like posted somewhere. I I just wish I could see the comments on that. <laughs> just angry BTS stands and Beatles fans just fighting. It's well, like yeah yeah the the Beatles may have written the White Album, but BTS has Jungkook. <laughs> well i will I will let you get
0: Lonnie and his daughter on the show at the same time. Uh, they they might
1: be able to uh, provide that entertainment for you. Well, there you go. now now you have something to look forward to everybody. so i uh, I'll ask um, you mentioned the Schaffner book as kind of your in introduction kind of to the Beatles. Uh, what was the first Beatles album or record that you remember owning? um I would guess it was the red album uh do you remember anything about that well the
0: the first related album I ever got was the George Harrison album
1: okay the the 1979,
0: the 1979 one 1979 one uh then then after that uh I got was was when I was Given the red album, I guess that christmas it would
1: be christmas of seventy nine okay and again, since we're like both record nerds, I assume this would have been like the the red capital label exactly maybe exactly. like with the kind of scripty logo
0: yep yep yeah. the, you you have it exactly, and I was playing it on my uh my I, I had a combo stereo at the time from radio shack
1: ooh. I am resisting the urge to do a Borat impression right now. It's like, ooh, King and, of Castle, King of Castle, very nice. So yes,
0: it, it, and and it had an eight track player on it. Oh wow, you are the one percent. <laughs> there, there you go. So,
1: and the first time I heard the Ruddles album was on eight track. Really? Yep. Well, I actually heard somewhere that like the most popular eight track of all time or the one that sold the most copies was the Ruddles.
0: Uh that wouldn't surprise me but there was also amongst the highest uh, returned the reason Actually that, that amongst, may be the statistic I'm referring to. Uh the the the, the aforementioned Pepper soundtrack uh, uh as the joke goes uh, was sold sold gold return platinum. <laughs> oh my god yeah but uh yeah no the the Ruddles, the Ruddles albums uh the the local record store when so this was just about the time that i was old enough to actually get my mom to take me down and, and leave me alone in the record store for uh an hour while she went off and ran other errands. Yeah. I remember the, the, the Ruddles display, which just sort of stayed there, and stayed there, <laughs> and stayed there. And then it's finally like, okay, I've got an 8-track player. I'll I'll buy one of
1: these 8-tracks. <laughs> and it was, it was like a cardboard t- display standee thing? Exactly, yes. Did, you should have tried to get that. Uh, well, I... I wasn't old enough to, uh,
0: to think to ask record guys to you know what are you what are you
1: going to do with this? Yeah, well, it, it took me a while to do that too, and so far it has not paid off. Even when I have, like, yeah. I I once went to uh, Barnes and Noble when Egypt Station came out, and they had you know everyone saw these like Paul McCartney display standees, and I'm like are are you like going to be done with that soon <laughs> like are are you going to be throwing that out and so the person took my name and I'm like yeah but can I take it now uh because I I as many of you know live in Canada and some of you may not know Barnes and Noble does not exist in Canada so this all took place in Buffalo uh and long story short I don't have that display yeah
0: I, I can believe that
1: yeah. But life goes on. Uh you, you mentioned your like local record store like as a kid. I was like asking people, could you tell me some memories from that place? Cuz everyone has like a strong attachment to the store that like they kind of grew up with.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I was fortunate enough to be of an age where there were actually several different record stores. the The big record store locally here is still in operation. Uh, it's called uh, Cactus Records and Music. Okay, uh, I, I've heard of Cactus actually. Well, you probably heard Lonnie and or I talking about Cactus Records and Music. Uh, it's it's more or less. Uh, the equivalent of Waterloo and Austin. Okay. Uh, you know, the, they're much heavier on the used side these days than they used to be, but that was the place where you could go and sort of get all of the official releases, you know, back before it became. Uh, uh, back before I was into collecting the unofficial releases, the Dutch imports, but, uh, you know, and the prices were reasonable.
1: Dutch imports. <laughs> yeah. and why, why do you think that's kind of become the colloquial term for bootlegs? Well, because
0: for a period there, they were actually marketed as Dutch imports. There was a loophole in uh, the law, in the copyright law, and so they could press in certain countries overseas they could press live shows radio shows uh the the studio outtakes not so much but you know if you fake that and said oh this is a radio show yeah and and, uh, then they could be imported in as legitimate discs well
1: the, the term still goes today because i i still see
0: well ex- ex- exactly so so that's how it sort of got stuck was you know for a period of you know i guess five or six years uh the market went from strictly underground labels uh to these things which actually looked fairly legitimate
1: yeah and they Going were from like trading in magazines like the old like trademark exactly. quality records. Exactly. And so
0: and so that that was where they picked up the name Dutch Imports.
1: See, it it's things about that that I just love learning about, you know, the history of record collecting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Clint
0: Clinton Halen goes into this in some detail in his book Bootleg, which is worth seeking out if you haven't ever actually read it. Well, I I'll have to Take that out. It's called bootlegged. It's bootleg. Just bootleg. Bootleg. Be, be, the author is Clinton Halen, who's a, a music writer. I guess it's still in print. If it's not, I'm sure you can pick up a copy cheap yeah. through uh, A-Books or eBay. Oh. It's it's really about the whole how the whole bootleg industry got going from the beginning from from the great white way which was the very first of the get back bootlegs mm-hmm. and the early uh, Dylan bootlegs through
1: whenever it was that he wrote the book sometime in the 90s yeah well, now that i'm just thinking about early bootlegs I, i'm i'm sure you've seen the that one clip from like this bbc documentary in the 70s that like john and yoko were in talking about bootlegs Yep. I mean it it was mostly about like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. But I I love that. It's like if I had a time machine, I I'd want to go back to like 1971 London to go to all those stores. Well, I mean, you
0: know, I'm I'm not May Pang's biggest fan, although I do love her story of going to Beetlefest and snapping up bootlegs for John <laughs>
1: the 74 Beetlefest. Really? Yep. Well, I, I I did know John liked some bootlegs, and that he actually sent Paul uh, a copy of a bootleg called like the Decca like tapes, even though it wasn't the Decca tapes. Yeah, saying, exactly.
0: Like BBC stuff. Yeah, was that I, Yellow Matter Custard or was I don't remember exactly
1: which one it was, but yeah, that I, I came. I think it was just I just saw it mentioned in uh, "You Never Give Me Your Money" by Peter Doggett. But uh, D- Dave
0: Morrell, Dave morell tells that story much better than I do, so we'll we'll leave that to him because that's his story to a certain extent. Have you had Dave on? I I have not as of right now. You're okay. Well, well I'm sure I'm sure you're in the process of trying to book him. Uh, he's he's trying to sell his book now. There, yet again, I'm plugging somebody
1: else. Well, and I'm sure he'd be happy to do your show. Plugging is not frowned upon on fans on the run it's sometimes there's more plug than there is show yeah but i'm plugging everybody else yeah see you're like a friend to all right now there you go there you go so i want to ask you it's it's a more kind of general question what do the beatles mean to you well that that's a good question Please tell me martin didn't ask you this already no, no, no. The, he, he did
0: not ask me that. Well, uh, I guess first and foremost, what the Beatles mean is, is the Beatles mean popular music. And what do they mean to me? They were, you know, before the Beatles, uh, what was I listening to? I remember listening to, like, novelty records. Chuck, Chuck Berry's My ding a was, was, was big on the hit parade at that time. <laughs> uh then, then 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 there was a period where I was sort of into um the both both Sonny and Cher and the captain and Geneil, please tell me you know who the captain and jail are well as as the ancient proverbs say, love will keep us together yeah a Neil sadaka song and and at that point that that sort of got me into being interested in the art of song craft not necessarily songwriting, but song craft because the you know the yeah captain and did muskrat love which uh
1: well we won't go there it's not their song the funny thing is that won't be the first time i have gone uh to muskrat love on fans on the run you can thank kiddo tool for that i think <laughs> so uh anyway
0: uh you know and and then sort of from there uh that really the first time I got into rock and pop as an entity as an artistic entity was was with the Beatles or at least with the solo Beatles uh, you know it was uh george harrison I, I remember i remember the uh the blow away video uh you know george with all those uh, toys and the, and the early green screen
1: that was so much fun for a kid of that age it, it's still a really fun music video uh and, and a little so, creepy but eh. fun so anyway so that that sort of kicked me
0: down the street toward the the classic rock and and what is now my sort of main interest in
1: rock and roll well you mentioned kind of classic rock i want to ask uh apart from the beatles what what are the other bands that you really dig uh well i'm i'm a big buddy holly fan Okay. You know, to, to, to Kindred start, spirit. To
0: start going going backwards, and then you know a lot of the the era, you know the, the Who, the the Stones, you know the big bands,
1: but uh, the Move, uh,
0: for oh. example. I oh mean, as you man,
1: were... you are now one of my favorite guests because you brought up the Move unprompted.
0: So, uh, you know that. The that is a good enough sort of start, I would say, Uh, you know, and I and when it was happening, I didn't get Nirvana, although I I, I really like Nirvana now, for example.
1: Yeah. Well, I I feel like I, I might get a bit of a hate or hate for saying this. I'm not a big fan of grunge.
0: Well, I mean, you know like you say, you know, I was I was of the age when that's really what I was kind of supposed to be listening to and and I guess it was kind of like well, no, 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 there's there's all of this over here that that I really really like and it's like I just didn't really have the time or the interest at that point in time. Uh, you know, the radio was tuned toward what was then. Uh Halfway on oldies and halfway on, uh, what would, what was burgeoning into
1: classic rock as a format. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'll kind of move this, is something I know Martin would have asked you. Now, now that's kind of the whole underlying tone of this show. <laughs> um, so, how did you get started doing a Beatles podcast? Okay, well, uh... So it was,
0: uh, I well. First off, believe it or not, uh, today is actually the fifth anniversary. As we're recording this, it's the fifth anniversary of the release of the very first episode of what was then known as "Beetling About." Happy fifth an- anniversary, man! Yep, no November, uh, uh, November thirtieth, twenty fifteen. So, I mean, you know, not not that that's worth that much, but uh, it's. Not we, have been here five years. I not mean, that anyone's keeping track or anything. Well, obviously uh, Podbean and I are. They just they just took they just took my uh, uh, fee for next year. So we're, <laughs> we're going to be around at least till six. There you go. But uh, anyway, so, so to answer, to again to briefly summarize, uh, I really sort of first got into it. Uh, uh, Dinsdale P, who you still see around on Facebook, had one of the very earliest uh, Beatles podcasts. And it was nothing but collated uh, outtakes from uh, various bootlegs. Okay. And, and so, you know, it was, it was a half hour and it came out weekly. And, and I really got into that. And that, that was kind of what got me thinking about, well, gee, what can be done with this format? Uh, and then uh not too long thereafter was the uh i guess the original uh, fab forum okay uh and then then from there things we said today both of which were okay well well this is kind of interesting what what i would like to do is i'd like to kind of combine these two things uh and then you know maybe have a co-host who's a little bit more discussion who who can carry on a discussion uh, I, I I guess you can carry on a discussion. I've had you with me a couple weeks now. Well, I was gonna say, is that a half-hearted
1: uh, mention of the incident? <laughs> anyway, so uh, so we're, but, lo- we're yeah. allowed to break the fourth wall on this show.
0: So so I was I was going you know at that point it was just kind of a thought and you know so I was going around I was talking to to various people on both an email and you know uh dming and and on facebook and it's like you know what do you think about this idea what do you think about that idea but i hadn't actually dedicated myself to actually saying okay i'm gonna go out and do this and put it out uh then so i guess it was l- uh mid to late september uh kevin smith you know kevin smith the yeah. director uh you know Clerks Mallrats Clerks, Chasing Amy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so he, he was doing Silent a comedy. Bob. Silent Bob. There you go. Now you're sounding like Martin because that was his uh, his reaction exactly. But uh, anyway, he uh, he was doing a comedy tour at the time.
1: I'm sensing a theme here that I'm being compared. <laughs> well, you're the, you're the one who wants this show to be different than everybody else's show. Yeah. Anyway,
0: okay. You're going to have fun editing this, aren't you?
1: What do you mean editing? Okay, hey, put it, put it out, put it out. Okay, uh, you, you've listened to the show before, you know the shtick. Yeah, but you you do a little bit of editing. Okay, I, I do a little bit of editing. In like in the rare cases that I mention an author whose name I shall not name because I'm scared of him and I've gotten on fights in Facebook groups with. Um, and, and I think you know exactly who I'm talking who, about. Who, 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 whose initials include the letter G. Uh, no, that's too specific. Okay. I'm still not editing it out, but... <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah. to, to, get, to get back to the story.
0: Uh, and, and so at the, at the end, uh, you know, he... And by the way, uh, we talk about how Sam and some of our other compatriots like to talk. Kevin Smith, there's a man who can talk. Yeah. But uh, anyway so so the very the very end of his show you know he he goes on about how uh that there are too many people who are taking and not enough people sort of giving back into the world and that how he thought that podcasting was the perfect medium at the time because nobody was in control of it and nobody can tell you, you yes you can do this or no you can't do that yeah, uh, His his summary was, you know, uh, the next time you see me, and, of course, I haven't seen him since then, but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, uh, you need to go out and do something to, quote, push whimsy, unquote, into the world, which, which is a phrase I really like, <laughs> by the way, p- pushing whimsy. It's like, yeah, I mean, granted, it sounds like someone who, who smokes... Uh, more yeah. joints than is healthy for an ox, but...
1: Yeah. It, an but ox? I, I still, eh, an ox? Eh, close enough. Cl- close enough. Some sort anyway. of farm animal.
0: <laughs> and now now I'm imagining a cow just just chew, chewing down
1: a field <laughs> of... Uh... And, of course, you know what the, the perfect soundtrack for that would be. Yeah. Pink Floyd's Adam Hart Mother. <laughs> anyway, so so to finish that
0: that that pushed me over. It's like okay, you know, I've been thinking about doing it, and, and I, it's not I'm
1: not doing it because Kevin Smith is telling me to do it. But yeah. it's like you it's know, it's not he's like right. Kev- it's not like Silent Bob has a gun to your head saying, "Good, good." Now make an episode about Beatles box sets. Yeah, exactly. So so there you go.
0: So that that that. that that was what sort of, that and the, the fact that someone did actually agree to do it with me. I know you're you're a fan of, of solo podcasts, but I, I'm much happier having someone to sort of bounce
1: things off of. It's not I'm a fan of solo podcasts, it's just that I do one. <laughs> so, Except I never do it alone. It's I always have someone with me. So it's kind of like I have a co-host, but, you know, I get to keep all the credit
0: rotates rotates weekly of course I've been there as well, but we won't we won't we won't go there uh anyway so
1: that that's that story i think we got through all of it so um kind of uh y- you mentioned the beetle fest earlier are are you the type who goes to the beetle fests
0: i have uh i mean it doesn't help that uh, mark came here. Twice and has never returned. Mark Lapidus. Oh, Lapidus. Yeah. yeah, the 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 fest for Beatles fans. Uh, so I mean, you know, I did go to both of those. Uh, I when when you said he came here, you mean to uh, to 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 Houston? Okay, Houston. Uh, you, you, your, your listeners, your listeners may not know uh, the the show originates out of out of Houston, Texas, and and Lonnie and I are both very proud of that fact.
1: Uh that's actually the only city in Texas I've been to. I liked it. Interesting. Interesting. Anyways. I really liked it. So uh you know,
0: I I really enjoyed uh, to to carry on from that topic, I really enjoyed this year when uh, Lonnie and Kit and I did a virtual panel oh I never answered that question. Uh, I'll I'll I will i will i will answer that question in a minute here. Uh when Lonnie and Kit and I did a uh, a virtual panel for the virtual fest since well, there are no in person fests in twenty twenty. Mo ha ha says the evil covid virus.
1: Yeah. You heard it here first. Ed Chen is the reason why there's no beetle fest he, that is right the, he, anyway, there, that was a laugh of guilt so when when
0: the fests return i'd like to go you know i i'd like to i i would like to go not not so much to go i mean and going is fun i mean you know yeah the 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 bands and the the sound like uh, uh, and the hanging out in the Merch room and you know all that is 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 a really good time, but uh I would like to go a to to plug the podcast mm-hmm. a, and we and i don't know about you, but we always do get a little bump uh every March and every august, so the, the there are definitely people at the fest who
1: talk about podcasts well i i can't say that with certainty because uh I haven't had a podcast uh
0: since there's been a fast. Yeah, yeah, the, you you you've only been in existence in
1: in the COVID era so we'll we'll have yeah. to see what happens next I'll, year. I'll I'll exist in the post-COVID era though. F- fans on the run will make it. Well, as long as you, you don't is sound a post- optimistic. As long as there is a post-COVID
0: era, I'm not. I, 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 my my pessimism does not lie with fans on the run. My pessimism lies with the vaccine and what may come afterwards.
1: Ah, uh, I I think it'll all work itself out. No, uh, I mean, uh, us humans, but us humans always figure it out. To
0: to uh, to to get us back to what we were talking about, you know, uh. If it were closer, uh, I would go to fest more frequently, you know, uh, but we'll see the next time that there is a Chicago fest. Uh, the it's, it's a lot of fun, and it's always good to get together with these people that you interact with virtually on uh, an almost daily basis in person. <laughs> well... You know, it's like should there should there be in uh, a Chicago Fest in August next year? I I I fully hope that you would. Uh, oh yes, I would. would get your, I, get your I passport stamped
1: and and show up and so. Oh yeah, yep. Whip out my Nexus card and drive down to Chicago. There you go. Because if if it happens in Chicago, I'm there. That is, if the Canadian government says I can go. Well that, that is that is something else. Yeah. Uh
0: they're they're already saying that the uh sports teams are probably not going to be allowed to play in Canada ne- uh next season. Well like I I know the Raptors baseball, are stuck
1: so. in Florida somewhere. Yeah.
0: And and now they're saying the Blue Jays may be in Buffalo again. Well B- Buffalo
1: is a bit better than Florida. cuz Cause, well, cause at least like with, with enough, like, high-powered telescopes from Niagara Falls, you might be able to get a glimpse of the Blue Jays. Well, we won't go there. Oh. Blue Jays is too uh, too sacred subject. Uh, no? Yeah. <laughs> oh, for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm a Canadian. We're proud. Well, Ni- Niagara Falls. Ni- Niagara Falls is sacred. Uh... Niagara Falls Canada is just like Vegas for kids.
0: Yeah. And I don't remember I don't remember why but uh somewhere along the way in my youth uh my I went with my folks and and we and we drove through and you know I was surprised at how uh how much tat there was on the
1: uh on the Canada side of Niagara Falls. It's also like the Canadian side has tat, but the American side is just um well i I'm not from there so I, I can't say anything too disparaging well the 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 uh... they're trying their best. They're trying their best.
0: Well, we, uh, the, the, two th- the, the two terrible things from that trip, uh, we went to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Wax Museum on oh, yes. that side. On I, the American no, or Canadian I, side? On the Canadian side. Oh, yeah. And I have no idea why. And, and, and none of the figures, all I remember is that none of the
1: figures looked anything like they should have. The, there's a rock and roll wax museum in Niagara Falls. That has not one but two different sets of Beatles figures. Okay, uh, and
0: then and then the other the other thing was uh, when I learned the lesson, don't ever go to a Chinese restaurant that has no Chinese people working inside of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> D- did that actually happen? That actually happened. Yep. Oh wow! So Niagara Falls, Canada. Everybody. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Eh. It's it's nice. I I I back before uh everything went to shit. Uh we would go down to like Niagara Falls like once a month mainly to do cross-border shopping in Buffalo.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Of course, of course now now I just associate the falls with the 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 scene in Imagine John Lennon with with God playing. <laughs> Uh, because that's that's yeah. the, that's the only time that the that the echo that they slathered on actually works.
1: I I'm embarrassed to say I haven't seen Imagine John Lennon. Is this the 1988 one? Yeah, the Andrew Salt one. Yes, I have not seen this.
0: Oh uh, well, I mean it's it, it is uh it is archival footage, but uh, you know it's is John and Yoko standing at the Falls, and and God is playing. And the the thing about Imagine John Lennon is that uh, this was the early days of surround sound in theaters, so they, you know, in order to create this surround sound mix, they just slathered Echo all over everything (laughs) musically. And most of it, you know, uh, they've got... a a terrible copy of the shea footage playing and and there's uh, and they have the studio help over it, just slathered in ridiculous well i have seen that and and fake Uh, anyway but uh so so once they get to the end of the beatles you you got this scene with john and yoko standing over niagara falls and the camera pulls back and, and you have this echo laden version of god playing and then you know once it's pulled all the way back it's you know i don't believe in Beatles, and it's like wow that's the only time that works
1: yeah well now i gotta i gotta see this for all its terrible early surround sound glory yeah well now i kind of want to transition into my favorite part of the show uh where we get very opinionated we can have some electric arguments so to speak (laughs) <laughs> anyway. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, God. You, you you enjoy my random laughter, don't you? I really
1: am it, I am enjoying it thoroughly. Um so, th- this is a question I don't normally ask, but I just thought of it and I realized I should ask it more. What what's your favorite Beatles book? Uh well, I mean, Tune in. You know. Okay, apart
0: can, can from Lewison. Apart
1: from Lewison. Uh, apart from Lewison. 'Cause that that's uh, just like you know fair L- Lewison's just like next tier. And Mark, if you're listening to this, and I know you are listening to this, you have my email. <laughs> well he was he was uh, he did a live chat
0: earlier today, but uh, What? Did he? he? Yeah, he did. Uh, uh Beatles and beatles and black music damn it well anyway uh to, to so to answer your question um again that that changes frequently but uh right now i'm gonna go with uh with chuck gunderson's two volume some fun tonight
1: ah uh, yes that that's one that's on my wish list but it i i've been told if like if i get it i should get the hardcover like big version yes and but that the shipping would also like be extraordinary to get to canada would it uh for some reason like it it costs a bit to ship to canada i mean it is ridiculously heavy but uh oh that's it i think I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect it. Well, anyway, like so. for for an average book, like say the size of, um, I'll I'll use just for size purposes, uh, like Ken Womack's Solid State Abbey Road book, uh, like a book that size, it would cost like twenty bucks to ship to Canada.
0: Okay, well, and or yeah, twenty so American that, to ship twenty American. Okay, so yeah. Anyway, so that's. Uh, that, uh, you know, all of these questions, you know, favorite song, favorite album, favorite solo song, favorite solo album, favorite book, all of these sort of change depending upon what I'm working on or what I'm thinking about at any, at any given moment. But uh, uh, Gunderson is always going to be, you know,
1: the pictures alone make it worth owning that book. Well, you, you kind of mentioned some other hypothetical questions, and it's like you read my mind. Now I go into what I like to call the quick fire questions. All right. What is your favorite Beatles song right now? I'll I'll, I'll add right now to the questions. Uh sure. The, uh, let's go with the uh, uh the night before. Let's go with something weird. Uh but with this you have to like back up your answer. Like why the night before? Well, I it's it's one of my favorite songs off uh it's one of my favorite early
0: songs and Paul's bassline and his vocal are just smoking
1: in that song. Oh. I I actually did a show uh earlier tonight all about the the Help album on someone else's show who I will not name. Um and we we did bring that up that Paul was uh doing some really smoking things like i think he was doing like bass chords yeah exactly oh yeah god mccartney's just a phenomenal bass player
0: yeah i mean you know that's and uh, yes at, at the moment that that's that's what's been on my mind at the moment is the night before
1: and uh i'll ask in terms of like what what's your favorite beatles album right now now that's Abbey Road and and that very
0: rarely changes. You know, occasionally it'll be Revolver, occasionally it'll be Pepper, occasionally it'll be Rubber Soul, but 90 to 95% of the time it's Abbey Road. Okay. And why is that? Well, can you beat the medley? I mean, you know, side 2. And then, you know, you get you get George, you get Here Comes the Sun and you got Something uh there is nothing better. If only John were a little bit more. But you, you know, even with John, you still got come together.
1: Yeah. And it's, oh God, now and for some performances,
0: reason, the performances are just probably their best playing
1: from their whole time together as a group is on Abbey Road. Okay, that that I will agree with. They they were at their like musical ability peak on that record. And Ringo was really getting into those calfskin drums. Oh yeah, using that nice uh, maple Hollywood kit. So he, go 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 read uh, Ken Womack's book. Who
0: he, he goes he explains a lot about why recording it was so
1: special. But just as a listening experience, it's a great album. But now this is. Um actually before we get into the least favorites uh since we talked quite a bit about the solo beatles i want to kind of rattle off like favorite john song right now uh starting over okay favorite paul song right now hmm it's gonna be something uh queenie and i oh man you are you are on fire today with your answers Queenie Eye, oh my god. Well, I mean, I, I love the new album. So do I. It is phenomenal. I think that's maybe why I hate Egypt Station, especially, because coming after New, it was just like, such a disappointment. Well, I, I like Egypt Station, but I don't like it as much as I like New. Because I'm holding
0: it to the standard of New. Perhaps so. I mean, uh, Chaos is probably a better album than new i would say but uh but
1: i i I really like new um what is your favorite paul album
0: for the moment I, i i'm gonna go with chaos although i like uh flowers in the dirt a lot uh you know i i'm also a big believer in band on the run but the thing about the 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 so-called biggies you know band on the run ringo imagine all things must pass is although less so with all things must pass since it's a double album set
1: uh is you know i've just played them so much Mm -hmm. they they've just kind of lost a a bit of specialness just a bit bit of the specialness yep yeah um i'll actually backpick what's your favorite john album
0: I'm a big fan of the of the 1980s stuff of of the Double Fantasy Milk and Honey stuff. Uh I also really like Plastic Ono
1: Band. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the box next oh, year now so now that we it. know that that's coming. Well, when this will be uploaded, it will be this year, later this year. Well, hopefully. Yeah yeah no the, the, the
0: as as it says on the website announcing 2021 it's like yeah. oh you're you're announcing that 2021 exists or you're announcing that uh that there will be an announcement in 2021 well at or least they're acknowledging the at least they're
1: acknowledging that there will be an announcement unlike all things must pass which is just like here here's the new remix from something that might come it's like,
0: well, Danny did say, uh, "Stay tuned. We've got we've got more coming in 2021." Yeah, that but, that's that that's almost the same as saying, "Oh, we're going to be announcing something sometime the, in 2021." The
1: announcement of the announcement.
0: The the weird thing is that 159 remixes. It's like, how how do they even get 159 tracks for Plastic Ono? And you know. Although uh, I, you know, people will people will will throw rocks at me for this. They really should put Yoko Ono Plastic Ono Band in that box. Oh, they probably will. You know, the, those those two albums go together. Even if you don't listen to it, those two albums still
1: go together. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think they'll probably work something out. You know, Yoko's in control of the John Estate. John Estate talks to Calderstone Productions. Licensing yeah. deal gets struck up with whatever it's secretly Canadian or whatever Sean's label is. Chimera. Yep. I, I think they could work something out. But
0: but I, I will say, uh, you know, and that that may be how you get to 159 remixes.
1: Yeah. You know, outtakes from uh, Plasticona Band or outtakes from Yoko's Plasticona Band. And I I could see some stuff like the Toronto live piece in Toronto maybe getting thrown in there cuz that that's also plastic Ono Band. Yeah. Uh
0: I guess the other thing that they could do is they could put in some of Yoko's live stuff from the uh from the 90s and the aughts. Uh, th- they could do that. They could do that. And that that was a that was a really fun show. I was uh, I wasn't certain uh, I saw that show in Oakland uh, Really? Yeah I, I saw the, the Yoko Ono Plastic Ono Band show in Oakland uh, And actually uh, it, our, our musical director uh, Jae Young Kim He's friends with uh, Deerhoof Who was the opening act Okay and, and he almost got us backstage But not quite
1: So close yet so far So close But uh, anyway Uh, Moving to George What's your favorite George song? George song
0: uh, Just for the sense of humor I like this song That is uh, The video is also really good For this song Well and and Billy Joel Billy Joel would later steal that Whole concept
1: Yeah Although Billy Joel's song Did not have Ronnie uh, Wooden drag In the video (laughs) This is true yeah, this is an undisputable fact. Um Favorite George album. I'll I'll skip Ringo because there's nothing. I enough. like I like Cloud Nine. Okay. Cloud Nine's good. You
0: know, a lot of people a lot of people don't like the production, but I would I would kind of like to see a, a slightly stripped back
1: version of Cloud Nine, but uh D eighties if D eighties if Although, kind of almost, sadly, de-Jeff-Linified. Well, I mean... They... I, I hate to say it, because I love that man. I love Jeff Lynn. Like, I've seen Jeff Lynn's version of ELO. I love everything Jeff Lynn's done. His production is a little heavy sometimes. I mean, in in One Plus, they they did just
0: a touch of removal of that on uh on free as a bird and real love and if they went to that level with uh cloud nine
1: i would be in favor of that you Gen- know really pisses me off when it comes to free as a bird the fact that they went through this big old big ordeal of cleaning up this cassette tape of the the songs when for real love there was already like a released version that was fairly clean that they could it was the guitar version not the piano version true but i think even like the piano version as well as free as a bird had already been done as part of the lost lennon tapes yes already in cleaner quality yes well and throwing people back to uh
0: the episode that you and i did back in december you know what one of the things that i would really wanted to see was a lost London tapes box oh that would be nice that would be very big (laughs) well i mean the on the internet you can find uh, the entire radio series you can, but how many CDs or LPs would that take up? Well, most of the time, that is traded around as uh, m- MP3s on DVDs, and and there it's only like eight or
1: nine. Yeah, but how many songs can they fit on those like DVDs? Like quite, if they quite deci- a few, e- like yeah. if they decided to do like a mass market commercial on CDs and LPs. Well, yeah,
0: obviously they're not going to release the whole series that way. The, that, that they would have to sit down with Sean and figure out a release policy. But they could probably get, you know, uh, I, I don't remember if it was that show or somewhere else. You know, Elton just put out an, oh, uh, the, the an jewel box. CD. The Jewel Box. Uh,
1: you know, I would like a Lost Line and Tapes box could be at least that big. Well, do you know what they could do, which would actually be really cool? Set up like a mail subscription service, and do like I think the original LP series was like forty LPs, like one a month, and the like. It's the, all of the Lost Lennon series. Uh, you're
0: talking about the you're talking about the the bootleg r- series, which just sort of collected the music and selected yes. other things. Not the well, I mean, you know, they, they yes, they could take a
1: page from Dylan and do it that way. Yeah, because I, I I'd do that. I'd sign up for like a subscription service. But. But anyways, we're we're not here to compliment the Beatles. What is your least favorite Beatles song?
0: Uh... I uh, I'll go with revolution number nine, although I appreciate revolution number nine. okay, not an uncommon answer. uh what it, it breaks it breaks up upside four, but I still uh, uh, we were talking about the the fabfo
1: earlier. Their live version is pretty incredible. Well i I haven't seen theirs, but I saw the analogs. Do a version of Revolution. They also, 9. yeah, yeah, the analog. Oh, you've actually seen the analog. Not, not live. I saw a video. Oh, okay, yeah. No, no, they they only perform in in like mainland Europe because they can't bring all the equipment over to the states, which is a real shame. Yeah. No, I know, uh, but I'm sure they could source the equipment from somewhere in the states.
0: Most, I don't know if they could source all of it. You know, the, the way. Well, we're talking about the analogs. So what? Uh, your listeners may or may not know who or what the analogs are uh they are um a group who really uh, works at playing beatles records in the same way that uh an orchestral piece is performed they have sourced all of the original instruments that were used when the beatles perform the albums and they have enough players on stage you know they they're, they're not they're not a suits and boots band no by by any stretch so so they they source enough players uh that they can do double track vocals you actually have multiple people singing at a time for example and you have the exact instruments playing at the exact time it's as close as you will ever get in a live performance to a beatles album
1: like they have um I always get, or I'm always impressed when I see them do this. Like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, they actually have like a Lowry Heritage organ playing the the bit, and uh, I I can't for the life of me remember the name of it. But whatever that like little keyboard thing is on uh, Baby You're a Rich Man, uh yeah, clavulin. The clavulin. That. Thank you, Ed. They they do that and you know uh it's not hard to impress me
0: (laughs) well i mean and even though they will tell you they're not actually trying to sing like them they it can't help but sounding
1: like them when when everything else falls into place yeah so least favorite beatles song revolution nine what's your least favorite beatles album Now, I'm one of the ones who
0: likes all of them, but... Uh, and I'm not going to say Beatles for Sale, because... Thank you. Beatles for Sale, you know, that, that's too easy. Uh, yellow, the Yellow Submarine soundtrack. Okay. I know, that's also easy, but...
1: Ah, uh, you know. Some people have a hard time picking one. But... And, and again, I like the George Martin
0: orchestration on side two, but... Is it really a Beatles album?
1: No. Well, now I get to ask. In terms of solo, what's your least least favorite John Lennon song? oh
0: uh, well, uh, uh, Mama, I don't want to be a soldier. Really? Off of Imagine. Off of Imagine. I don't. It, I. I just it has never struck a chord with me. You know, it's a. It's a. Good rock song, but it doesn't rock hard enough, and the the anti-war sentiment just doesn't quite strike well with me. What What's your least favorite album, John Lennon album? Uh, n- we we won't go with the experimental albums uh, yeah. because uh, the, that would be easy to say "Life with the Lions," but
1: uh, hmm. Mind Games? Really? Mind Games?
0: Uh, Oh, oh, no. Sometime in New York City. There we go. That's what I was... (laughs) I was anticipating that one. Yeah, yeah. I I completely forgot about Sometime in New York City,
1: but... uh, Well, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. It's the only Beatles-related song I can think of that has the N-word in it. Oh, well. Oh, God bless John Lennon. Well, and... (laughs)
0: Uh and, and and to save you the trouble, least least favorite Paul McCartney
1: song, Freedom. Yes. That's that that's the correct answer. <laughs> uh what's what's your least favorite Paul album? Hmm. Hmm.
0: I like the Fireman albums. Uh, I know that's not what you're asking, but I yeah. I do like the Fireman. Oh, I albums. like the Fireman. Uh, albums Dri- Driving too. Rain, Driving Rain. I got to go with. I gotta Man, go with the got to go with. You've got to hate on for 2001, Paul.
1: <laughs>
0: well, yeah, it, it, it makes sense that the worst album would have the
1: worst song on it. If the shoe fits. And and lastly, because again, I won't bother with Ringo. Uh, what's your least favorite George song and album? Okay. Uh
0: probably somewhere in England, although that would not be the case if it was the original somewhere in England. Yeah. Uh you know, I really like what he actually handed into them. What came out is a little bit lukewarm. Well oh, I uh least favorite song George's
1: cover of Bye Bye Love. Really? It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And now we are out of the quick fire questions which ended up not being very quick or fire. Uh and so, uh, I'll finish to, to, off with to to go
0: with to go with the the question you didn't ask. Uh Ringo again, I like Ringo but uh I've overplayed it so I'm going to go with Time Takes Time on album as far as song. You yeah, know, there's a lot of Ringo songs that I like. Uh right now uh uh, his cover, Don't Be Cruel, that's really a nice uh,
1: kicking version. Now, I- I'm not familiar enough with the Ringo solo catalog. When did that come out? Uh, it was uh, around Time Takes
0: Time. Okay. Uh, he put out, that was the B-side. Well, it was one of the songs on a CD single. You know, B-side is not quite an accurate description. Yeah.
1: Uh, So... Now I'll ask you the final, kind of, the big question. Why do you think the Beatles still matter? Well, you know, art matters. Uh, The Beatles matter
0: because Shakespeare matters, because uh, anything, you know, as long as there are people who are willing to engage in thoughtful speculation, there is going, there, there are the Beatles. Yeah, now, now, now,
1: I'm starting to sound like an acid casualty, but you get what I'm saying. Thoughtful, thoughtful discussion and speculation—that is not what this show is, though. Well, I, I, yeah. Again, <laughs> have have fun, have fun editing this. Ah, you know. Say vie. How how long we've been going here? Uh, we're we're just about at the end, and now I I turn it over to you. If there's anything you haven't plugged already, what would you like to plug? Uh,
0: you can find uh, when they was fab at uh, when they was uh, Please join our Facebook group. And uh, of late, uh, Ethan Alexanian has been uh, guest hosting while my regular co host Lonnie Pena has been off dealing with some issues better left unsaid. Yeah. 20, 2020
1: incarnate. 2020 has not been a, a good year to put it lightly i mean without 2020 there'd be no fans on the run but wow uh, uh- actually that may be a bad thing to some people <laughs> i realized that as the words were coming out of my mouth like some fucking like statler and waldorf ass fucker and the comments would be like "Yeah." That's why 2020 sucks. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> we won't go there. Is Statler and Waldorf, like, too sacred of a subject? No, that's just that just seems like an appropriate thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Now I, uh, I almost forgot to do my whole spiel, which I, I keep forgetting to do. Uh, but I'll try and do it anyways. One, two, three. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, which a lot of you do, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button, that that little red button right below the video. Uh, and uh, also, hit that little bell notification icon so you get notified every time a new episode of Fans on the Run uh, comes out, which is usually Fridays. Usually Fridays. What about
0: my podcast
1: then? <laughs> I just, I just let you. Okay, hold on, Ed. Continue with your plug. No, 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 no. The, the whole
0: point was just to, you know, John and his. What about my book then? Yeah. That that was the whole reason yeah. I thought I I would shout that out. I I didn't want
1: I, people won't get it, but no, I know get, you get it and I get yeah. it, and that those are the only two people who need to get it. Exactly, but. Where was I? I? lost my train of thought. Um, please like the video if you liked it. If you didn't like it, please like it anyways. Um, you know, if you have any uh, comments, leave them in the comments. Um, again, the episode is also available to stream, if you aren't streaming it, about everywhere podcasts can be found. And I'm sure Ed can uh, empathize with this, as he is a fellow uh, pod beaner. Uh, I don't know where show is half the time. there are so many platforms, well, especially nowadays the
0: uh, well, you know stitcher uh, the audible now carries podcasts uh, so you know basically you can't stick your toe
1: out without uh, dipping into a podcast. But but Electric. the usual suspects, you know, you can find us on Spotify, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, you can find us on Google Podcasts, you can find us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio.com, basically just Google Fans on the Run Podcast and you'll find us somewhere. And uh, lastly, we're on social media, you know, we're on Facebook at uh, Fans on the Run Podcast, we're on Instagram where I post all the artwork for the shows. Uh, At fans on the run podcast and we're on Twitter at fans on the run pod. I could not get actually I couldn't fit fans on the run podcast. So that's why that's the one sticking out like a sore thumb. (sighs) There we go. Did I do it? (laughs) I think i did i, it. I think you did thank thank- thank you very
0: much for having uh having me on the the despite having appeared with the uh, martin Quibel on pods like us recently this is a uh a
1: quite unique show oh thank you that's what i that's what I strive for again unique could also mean it unique doesn't mean good or bad. We'll leave that up to the audience <laughs> all right, but to everyone else out there. Thank you for listening. You can go home now.
0: Bands on the Run is produced by Ethan Alexander. Additional voiceovers by Richard Feldman. This has been a Showtown production.